0: As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. I wanna begin with this question. Do you know what the shortest novel is? It's actually written by Ernest Hemingway, and it's only got six words but I gotta warn you, it's unsettling. Extremely unsettling because it's about a stillborn baby for sale, baby shoes, never worn. I told you it's unsettling. How about the longest novel ever written, anybody? I heard some things in the last couple of services and according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the longest is by a guy, he's a French guy, named Marcel Prost. And his, he writes about his life's journey, and he calls it Remembrance of Things Past. It's got over 1.5 million words. I guarantee I'm never reading it. <laughs> what about the average novel? Average novels are basically about 8 to 12 chapters, and so they got about 3,000 to 4,000 words. Set all that to say, what about a resurrection story? I mean, we've already heard one today. How, How long should it be? How many words? I mean, what are the titles of the chapters even? How many chapters? And what would the titles be? I'm so glad you asked that question because you're going to find out. Open your Bibles to John chapter 21. If you're visiting with us, we're starting a series. It's the second week. It's called Resurrection Stories. Thankful for those join us online. We're going to take a look at a story today of Jesus and the seven disciples. And so this is a resurrection story. That's the title of the message. We're looking at the post resurrection appearances of christ that's where we're studying and this one is amazing because i see five chapters of every resurrection story in this story so whether you got a hardcover bible an old school one like the one i got or you got it on electronic form turn over to john chapter 21 and let me begin reading in verse 1 are you ready three people are ready are we ready We're going to dive in. Look what it says. It's a great story, a true story, a resurrection story. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. So there you see it. Again, it's post-resurrection appearances of Christ, and then verse 2 tells us who was there, Simon Peter... Thomas, called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, those we know are James and John. Um, They're actually, it refers to them in other places. It means the sons of thunder. That's because they went to Wheaton College. And two others of the disciples. So we see five of the seven named. Verse three, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into a boat, but that night they caught nothing. That's the key. We'll come back to that. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They said, no. He said, cast the net on the other side, the right side of the boat, you'll find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that, That it was the Lord he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work. He threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came into the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far behind land, about a hundred yards off. When they got out of the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus said to them, hey, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. Interesting that he wanted them to bring something. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of the fish, 153 of them. Details matter. And all there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said, hey, come have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask, who are you, Lord? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and so with the fish, This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this resurrection story with these seven disciples. Father, I see the chapters of all of our stories here as just as Jesus resurrected them, he wants to resurrect us by the power that raised Jesus from the dead. We can be raised to new life. If you believe that, give me an amen. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Five chapters, first chapter of every single person's story. That's you, that's me, that's them, that's any other one that's going to be written. It starts with this, Jesus meets me in my need. I just love that picture, that in the midst of what I need, Jesus is there. I mean, catch the visual of what's happening these guys around in the boat, they went back to what they knew. That's an important thing. Jesus was gone, they didn't know what's up. They went back to the thing that they knew to do. Jesus is on the shore. They don't know it. They don't recognize that it's him. But what are they doing? They're fishing. Peter led them. He's like, I'm going. Anybody with me? The ringleader. And you got to remember, these are professional fishermen. I mean, that's what they did for a living. I mean, some of these guys, that's their dad did it. They had their own companies. They took the businesses over. I mean, these guys, they, they were so good. They were on the cover of Field and Stream. Are you hearing me? A they, 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 couple of them, they had their own cable channel. It's just like, hey, fishing, it, with this lure, and go over here and do this. And, and, and they knew exactly what they were doing. Yet, it says at the end, we'll put it up on the screen, I highlighted in yellow six words, But that night, they caught nothing. These highly experienced men who knew what was going on, who went to the same place, had been there before, went to all the secret places that they knew, nothing, zero, zilch. That's that's the don't miss it. That's the key to the whole story. They were having difficulty, if I could say it like that. They were out all night. And so in the midst of our difficulty, Jesus shows up. Lord, help me. Did you hear what I said? In the midst of our difficulty, Jesus shows up. I mean, that's what he does. That's what he's in the business of doing. So let me give you what I'm calling the seven D's of difficulty just to help us, because this is when he shows up. And he shows up in the midst of our discouragement, our disillusionment, our dejection, our defeat. Who would give me, I mean, think about it. Think about your story. Who would give me a witness that he showed up in one of these areas? I mean, he had. And, and, and so in disaster, in, 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 even in disease, even in, in death, now, think with me. I mean, the disciples, I think they were experiencing nearly all these. I mean, he's gone. What happened? There was this kingdom that was supposed to be built. They're discouraged. They're disillusioned. I thought we were playing a role here. Now we're back in the lake. And they were dejected. They, did they feel defeat? Like, I thought that, was there disaster? I think, was there disease? I, they had certainly seen Jesus heal a bunch of stuff. Like, what was going on now? Was there death yeah jesus he, he was put to death for a death he didn 't deserve, and they fully didn't recognize or understand the totality of what it meant yet. I remember when my mom was dying of cancer, and if you 've had you know anybody you know has wrestled with that it it's it's ruthless, and so it, it was coming to the end and and she pulled me alongside of her when she was laying in bed and she just said, she goes, you know, um, Ron, she said, I remember when my mom was dying and I thought, oh, geez, this is not good. And she said, when my mom was dying, she had her right hand up for the longest time. And, And I said to my mom, as she was dying, why is your hand up? And I kid you not, my grandmother said, because Jesus is holding my hand. And has my mom put her hand up in the midst of her difficulty and her disease and and her death? Jesus was there, man. Jesus is always there. he's, He's right next to us. Turn to Psalm 50, excuse me, 34 sometime if you need to. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. The psalmist cries out and he says, I will praise the Lord at all times. My lips shall give him praise all times. Man, chapter number one, it's an awesome chapter that that he's gonna be there. And then the second chapter, it only gets better. Not only does he show up, Jesus helps me when I'm struggling. Hey, we've all been struggling, we all will struggle. And, and Jesus is right there. So for these guys, what was the struggle? Well, again, I hope you see it in the text. It's interesting to me because Jesus shouts out, children, because that's what we are to him, aren't we? We're like kids, man, when it comes to our heavenly father. And Jesus, he's on the shore. They don't know it's him. And he says, children, have you caught any fish? No. Well, well hey, hey, put the net on the right side of the boat. Now, what could they have done? They could have said, who is this lunatic? What what are you talking about? Have you not seen our cable show? (laughs) They could have said that. They they could have said, you know what? I mean, would you please mind your own business, please? uh, Hippie looking dude. Yeah, who do you think you are? I mean, we know what, what, you don't. Or or they could have said nothing and just ignored him and just... (laughs) But they didn't. They didn't really say anything. They just did what he said. They were in the place, their difficulty and uncertainty brought them into a place where they would listen to somebody who they didn't even know. Isn't that true? And, 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 and guess what? It says at the end, they, they, got a, they got the biggest catch of their lives. So I, I'm not pushing the text too far, but I firmly believe all of us sitting in here, those of us that are online, I firmly believe with all my heart that many of us, no, most of us, we are one cast away from the greatest catch of our lives. Do you hear what I'm saying? I believe we're one cast away from the biggest catch, spiritually speaking, that that, that, that God wants to bring. Why? Why? Well, because obedience brings blessing and disobedience brings disaster. Anybody want to give a verbal witness to some disaster as a result of some disobedience? Yes. We don't do what he says. I believe it. We're one cast away from a blessing that he wants to bring. And so can I say it this way, that just as they drop their nets for Jesus that we would drop our nets for Jesus? And so what specific nets? So glad you asked that question. I got several of them. Let's take a look. First one is this. How about, how about the net of surrender? And this is like we're white-knuckling something. I mean, you know what it is in your life. And it, you know, you're the Lord of that particular aspect. And you won't give it up. And I don't know what it is. I don't know exactly what it is, whether it's your time or your talent or your treasure, but you're holding that, and, and Jesus wants you to surrender. And, and you can't see that it's gonna bring you greater blessing. And he says, whoever wants to be my disciple, hey, I'm telling you, let me tell you the requirements. Deny themselves, take up the cross daily, and follow me. How about this? This next one, has anybody ever just thought, like, like honestly, is it worth it? Like, I mean, look like at just like, is it worth it? Is it worth it to surrender everything to Jesus? Like, is it worth it to give him the keys to everything, so to speak, to to just to just give him it all, just to just to all the chips are yours. I mean, you gave it to me. Like, and I, I got to be honest. This verse, Matthew chapter nineteen, this specific verse twenty nine is highlighted in my Bible. Because call me unspiritually, I've fought it. Is it worth it? Answer, yes. Yes. And for those of you who are doing it, man, you know. And Jesus said, everyone who has left brothers and sisters and houses and mothers and fathers and children's and lands, keep for my name's sake. That's just another way of saying he's gotta be the most important thing in your life. He's gotta be the most important person in your life. What does he say, you tell me? What are you gonna receive? You tell me, come on, what? 100, Hunter full. and eternal life. So we get more by giving him all. That, that's the secret to the Christian life. And, and just as these guys, what is it that they did? It was obedience. They surrendered. They sacrificed. they I'll give you the third net. They, they were selfless. So do we need to drop the net of selflessness that, that it isn't about you know, your desire, your will, your game plan, that, that, that maybe, maybe you ought to consider God's. And just as Jesus prayed, not my will, but God, your will be done in the garden. And, and that, that would be our prayer. God, I, I don't have this all figured out. And so I'm surrendering everything to you. And, and you know, again, I, I don't wanna be that guy. I don't wanna be that pastor. I don't wanna be that preacher. I don't wanna be the guy that's like constantly, it's like the what's in it for you. But, but honestly, I asked that question and I think you do too. And it's interesting to me that here's a couple verses that tell us what's in it for us. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He's saying it's worth it, man. It's worth it to go all in here. It's worth it to roll the dice and just give it over to him. All things, all peace, all prosperity, all all things you need in the context of these verses, not necessarily what you want, all things that are best, not necessarily good. Like, he gives us our all. And then how about this one? Next net. Oh, hold on a minute. Net of solitude. Got, hold on, I want to check my phone for a moment. Got some things I got to catch up on. Net of. I mean, this, like, we can't do it. Like we're in, we're living in a time where it's just like like solitude is a word that we don't even understand. It's just like we're just like this. I'm watching a movie, I, I, I buy a movie. I mean, nobody goes to movies anymore. Did you know that? People don't go to movies anymore. They just like they don't. anybody go to movies anymore? Raise your hand. A few of you. Yeah, you're over fifty. yeah, you go. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And then, you know where the kids go now? You know where they go on dates? We used to, I, we used to take... Our, if people are mad at me right now. Please, just hold on. But, but do you know where the kids go on dates now? Do you know this? Like, like kids go on dates. We used to... I used to take, you know, take Jodi to the movies. Like, you know where people go? They go to Target. Did you know this? This is not a joke. This is not a joke. People take people to Target. That's what young people do, and they're just walking... We used to go to the mall. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm walking to Target. I see... I'm like, what is going on here? Buy the girl something, please. But I, I buy this movie, okay, the other day, and, and my kids are, you know, I got the kids over. I just, you know, shelled out the money here on the TV, the big screen, and, and they're all just doing this. I'm like, this is a really freaking important part, okay? Would you please look over here, you know? And you know what the truth is? I do it. And I'm just going like this, and I'm like, oh, what was that? I got to rewind. I missed it. What was that? But, but isn't it true that, like, solitude, it's a lost it's a lost discipline. I, I've been convicted by this. I'm, I'm working. You guys don't realize this, but I seek the Lord. I'm praying, Lord. What do we want to do next ministry year? Like right around now, what book do we want to study? If you could pray for me, that would be great. I'm a little behind, but what books? What what things we take input? And I'm like, I gotta have a message on solitude. Like we're just we're just missing it. And and so so Jesus, it says of him that he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. That, that's not a one-time occurrence. So nets to drop because obedience brings blessing, because disobedience brings disaster, and this net to drop, the net of servanthood. And, and so, you know, like, like I'm a Christian, okay? Christian, Christ follower. Christ like Christ. What did Christ do? He came to not be served, but to serve. And, and look at the sacrifice, the surrender of servanthood, and give his life as a ransom for many. And so let's look at the list, and before I press in, because that's what we do, I'm gonna press in and ask you what chapter are you in and what net do you need to drop, so get ready. Before I do that, let me just say, there's a lot of people I know at the whole of High Point that, that they're dropping the nets of surrender and sacrifice and selflessness and probably through solitude and servanthood because we're growing in generosity. And so we're seeing it. So we've been on this um, two-year generosity initiative, and some of you know and um, others, I want you to make you aware, we're halfway in. And the last month, we're like, hey, man, come on, join the journey. Come on, let's go. Limitless generosity initiative. Come on board. And and so people have been coming on board and to others were saying, hey, maybe you've already gotten involved a year ago, but, but seek the Lord in solitude and, and maybe he's asking you to do something else or more. And, 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 and so I'm happy to announce, I mean, get ready, man. Drum roll, please. Oh, he's not there. There we go. That was good. That was pretty good. Drum roll, 149 new pledges. Can we praise the Lord for that? 149. Now get ready for this stat, really encouraged. That's over $900,000. Can you believe that? I mean, praise God for his goodness and his grace. And so I'm thinking about this on the way over. I'm thinking 149. I mean, we can get to 150 today, can't we? I mean, raise your hand right now if you could get us to 150, please. This is not a good time to fix your hair because I thought that was you raising your hand. Nobody gonna get us there? Come on, I'm kind of kidding around. I was kind of kidding around. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. I'll give a little more. I'm the one. I, it, but yes, people are applauding. <laughs> no, seriously though, what a great thing. So it's not about our collective generosity. It may not even be about your generosity, but what what net's God asking you to drop in in this season, in this chapter, and and and. And, and that's, that's a part of your story. And so next net, third net to drop, or excuse me, third chapter in every resurrection story. It's simply this, is Jesus accepts me as I am? I mean, he accepts me as I, No matter what side of the tracks you've been born on, no matter what the color of your skin is, no matter what your W-2 says, I mean, it, it doesn't matter, man. No matter what you did last night, like, like he, come on. I, I love this. this. This could be my favorite chapter because of, of, of how he's accepted me. And, and and so where do we see this? Well, it, it's it's kind of interesting because Peter, although you know, he he doesn't recognize that it's Jesus first, John does. And we get that from the text, and you got to look at the details. It says, the one who Jesus loved. He said, John writes, The disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, what you may not recognize is that John's actually writing the gospel. So he's writing it about himself. So he's saying about himself, he's saying, I'm the one. He's really humble. He's saying, I'm the one that Jesus loved. As opposed to what? All you all who he doesn't love. But we're kidding and we laugh, but that's what he says. Once Peter figures out, he's like, oh my goodness. And he just like this, he jumps in Goes all in, dives deep. And so we got to ask ourselves the question, why? And, and sometimes it's just good to wrestle with the text. Like, why did he do that? And if you read a little farther, I'll tip my hat to next week. The message title is Jesus and Peter. And Jesus kind of sets, goes alongside at the same day, same occurrence. And remember that little interchange. You can see it in verses 15 through 19. And Jesus asks him, he says, do you love me? And do you love me? Do you love me? And he says it three times. How come? Anybody remember? Maybe as a result of the three times that he denied him, don't want to steal this thunder for next week, but is that why he just jumped in because he was regretting what he had just done? I think so. For students of the Bible, you may remember this story sounds familiar. It's actually in Luke chapter five, but it's a different occurrence. It's not the same time. And there in Luke chapter five, we find Peter again, and Peter is in a boat and Peter is getting this, listening to this guy who he doesn't know. And there we see him bringing in this huge quantity of fish. Same story. I mean, what had happened two years before? And so finally it's like a deja vu moment. It's like, oh my goodness. And and, and Jesus, no matter what he did, no matter what he will do, Jesus takes him as he is. And, and that's probably the most encouraging thing that I could say today about Jesus' love. And so no matter what you've done, no matter what you will do, I mean, Jesus loves you. And he embraces us. And so we're hearing stories upon story. How about that story from... Um, Josh in the tank today, man. Come on, praise the Lord for that. I mean, we're hearing stories. If you, if you got a story and you want to get baptized, you know, we're, we're looking at baptizing believers and just getting these resurrection stories out through the whole series. I, I want it, to, it's complicated now because we've got so many different locations and, and you're not, we're not all in the same service and, and God's doing some big things. So I thought, let me share some of the stories from last week because we baptized 31 people. And so the first person was actually here at the nine o'clock service last weekend. And her name is Jenny. And this is a touching story. I mean, all of them are, but she's in her 20s. She became a Christian here at High Point 16 months ago. Can we praise the Lord for that? I mean, it's just amazing. And and so she starts describing, and some of you know that I teach over in Wheaton, so I'm actually watching this during the nine o'clock service as as I'm getting driven over here. and, And all of a sudden, she, she starts describing that she's got this autoimmune disease and Craig actually baptized her and she says it attacks my whole body and then she, she shared this and she's like, you know, it, it makes my hair fall out and they don't know what's wrong. She's doing all this and then, and then we always ask this question Craig probably asked it today and you baptized, right? Ooh, quick change. You look good. You're not even wet. The hair's blow dried. Look at it. It looks perfect. Okay, so, um, so, so, so he asks the question. He says, you know, what's Jesus done in your life since you've embraced him? And for her, it's like a, you know, 12 months ago or whatever it is. And, and so she said this. She said, I, I was broken. I was devastated. I was angry. I felt lonely 16 months ago. But by his grace, a friend invited me to High Point. Isn't that great? That's what we want to be, man. We want to invite people. And then look what, look what, that re, what happened. She says, I realized when I came, I, I'm never alone. Now my life is full of joy. My life feels fulfilled. And God reminds me, at least it's, not, it's my hair I'm losing and not my heart. Can you believe this? And then literally, I watch this. She takes her wig off. And she said, he's even restoring my hair. I mean, I, not a dry eye in the place. And you could see her. I mean, another story. Want another one? Two people over here, just bless you, get on your phone, do whatever you want to do. Next is a man, Nico. And so Nico became a Christian a year ago. His mom passed away. And this is just what's hard with our country and everything else. He said that he was released from the military for not receiving the vaccination. And so he said, I got to tell you, I was depressed. I turned to alcohol. I was lost, broken, tired. But I found rest in my father when I embraced Jesus a year ago. And today, I'm not a perfect man, but I'm a progressing man. God has blessed me in more ways than I can pray for. Today, I write a blank check, a universal yes to God's plan for me. Isn't that great? And then let me give you another one. I've got a few more, but let me just end with this last one. It's Erin, who became a Christian last month here at High Point. And for her entire life, her dad took her to church, but wondered if she believed what he believed. This year she was struggling with a lot personally and she wound up coming to hope groups. Pastor Craig knows her. And she said this, she said, walking into the church, I sat in my car not wanting to go in. So do you realize that? Like, it's like, I don't know, like some, you know. Sometimes it's really hard for someone to walk in the door. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what's happening. That's why it's important for us to be nice. <laughs> smile. Yeah. Greet people. And I'm being serious, you just don't know. And, and she says, it was so hard for me walking into the church and I sat in my car, I didn't wanna go in, but it's the best decision I made in my life because it resulted in a transformed life. My life is better as a result. Everything was so dark and now everything is light. I see the best in everything. I'm excited to see what he has in store for me and for my family. Let's praise God for the resurrection stories. He accepts me as I am. Two more chapters. This chapter's a good one too. Jesus loves to spend time with me. And so I see this in the story because what we see next is, like once Peter realizes it's Jesus and the other guys do too, then, then Jesus is like, hey, come on over for breakfast. And again, details matter. He's already cooking the meal. Can you imagine this? Jesus cooking you breakfast. Hey, it's better than first watch down the road. I'm telling you. It's better than that place over here, buttermilk. I'm telling you. Jesus himself, the great chef, cooking up the breakfast for you. But it isn't about the food. It's about the fellowship. It's about the intimacy. It's about the relationship. And and anytime you see a meal like this in scripture, and and Jesus preparing it, and God, it's like it's the fellowship he wants to have with us. It's not about the food, it's about the time with them. And Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, He said, I stand at the door and knock, and anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him, and he with me. It's a picture of what Jesus wants. Details matter in the text, and so the detail that was that we bring, he brought some, they brought some and, and they, they sat together. I just love the picture. And then, then there's this little detail. I, I just put it in, in yellow, 153 of the fish. And so a lot of people think a lot, they believe a lot of things about this number. And so they're like, is it this hidden meeting? And so, so I've been looking at this all week, I'm like, gosh, I gotta stand up, I gotta tell, what does it mean? Like 153, I, what does it mean? And so some people believe, and it's like if you're a math person, you'll understand this better than me, but some people, they say it's a triangular number. And so I don't, like, I got a finance degree, like I don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> but, but like 153 somehow, if you're a math person, maybe come explain it to me. No, don't do it, please. But it it means it's some kind of triangular number, and it means this, and and then other people, I'm like, I don't know about that. Other people say, well, it has to do with the species of fish. There's 153 species of fish, so I started, you know, thinking. I'm like, okay, I started counting and got up to about 10. (laughs) It can't be this. I don't know. I just, (laughs) I don't know. And then then there's, there's other people. They say, well, no, it has to do with the scriptures. And so it has to do with the Old Testament. And if you turn in the Old Testament, when the temple was built, the workers in the temple, and it has to do with how many of the workers were in the temple multiplied by this and this. And I'm like, I don't know what the heck this means. I don't, what am I gonna say to the church? And so this is what I, I think it means. I think it means it's a lot of fish. I just think it's a lot. It's like, it's, 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 listen, it's more than you need. Amen. It's just, that's what God brings. He brings the biggest catch. It's more than we need. Hey, how about this? Any track people in here, track stars in here. Do you know what a PB is? You do. What's PB? It's your personal peanut butter. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me with this church. <laughs> PB is personal best. This was Peter and the disciples' personal best. And when we go all in with Jesus, when we do what? When we obey him, when we take that step of faith, when we drop the nets, I'm telling you this, Jesus gives you his, your personal best. And he gives you more than you need. He, he, he gives us more. I remember I read a book um, a, a long time ago and I've returned to it ever since I became a Christian. I, I don't give a lot of book titles because they don't always stand this test of time. So I like to just give the classics. And so this is a classic called Practicing the Presence of God, written by another person from a different persuasion, good book, Brother Lawrence. And so Brother Lawrence, it's a little book. I read it every once in a while, and it's really short. But this is what he says about this whole idea of fellowshipping with God. He says, let us occupy ourselves entirely in knowing God. That's the objective. That, that's the life that, that we would entirely. It, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm occupied with. It's knowing him. And the more we know him, the more we'll desire to know him. As love increases with knowledge, the more we know God, the more we will truly love him. So we will learn to love him equally in times of distress or in times of great joy. Notice the key word. It's learning to love him in the good times and the bad. He wants to fellowship with you. And then why? Well, Brother Lawrence goes on to say this. He says, all things are possible to him or her who believes. That they're less difficult to those who believe and those who hope. They're more easy to him who loves and still more easy to him who perseveres in the practice of these three virtues. Belief, hope, and love. That's what we get when we fellowship with him final chapter in every story Jesus pursues me he pursues me over and over I mean he's never stopped he's never stopping his pursuit of you and so this is the chapter that like I don't know how long it just keeps going it's like for your whole life it's like you get through chapter 4 then chapter 5 and then this one doesn't end remember Jonah I mean he pursued him and, and he gave him a vision. and Whether we want to do it or not, Jesus, some of us are taking a step back. Jesus is always taking a step forward. He's pursuing you and I. Where do we get it in the text? Well, look at the last verse. This was the third time that Jesus revealed himself. And So the first time is in John chapter 20, and that was, that was Easter. The second time, it's also in John chapter 20, and that was, the text says, eight days later. So that's like right now. You know, the third time, it's like in another week, that, that, that this is this time, that Jesus, he shows up again. He's like, here I am, guys. And, and so he continually reveals himself to us. I, I love that about, that he's, he's going after us, man. And so these are the chapters. Let's take a look. These are the chapters of Every resurrection story, and so I, I, I'm gonna. Before I'm gonna challenge you, I want to, like, what chapter are you in? What chapter is God writing? What what chapter do you need to share? Last week we talked about. Um, I kind of ended the message, and if you weren't here, I just want to kind of clue you in. So we said during this series. Like instead of just leaving church and going out into the lobby and, hey, where are you going for lunch? Or, you know, we got all these bags set up and, you know, like to throw bags in the lobby and stuff. I'm not really sure what that's for. It's for the men's thing. I do know that. And so it's like, instead of going, hey, like come on, challenge you to bags. Come on now. Like, like before you do that and be like, hey, Pastor Craig, let's see what you can do. And he's not very good. So just take it easy on him. And, but, but in all seriousness, before you start, hey, playing bags or grabbing a coffee or or just you know chit-chatting about whatever, we, we've said, why don't why don't we get just heighten the level of spirituality in our lobbies? Anybody up for this? Anybody? Yeah. And and let's heighten it and let's say, let's share our story. So so this week, like instead of just talking about something, and you could do this over lunch if you're with your family, and just to say, hey, what chapter are are you in? Or or what chapter is God writing? And again, like, like let's not, you know, be short. Ask another person. Don't just go off on your thing. Like somebody might say, I don't know, I'm not really sure. Well, hey, do you mind if I share my story about the chapter that God's writing right now? And as an encouragement to you? I mean, let's just like this is the home crowd. Let's let's practice on each other. Let's share the stories for God's glory. Amen. And so, if you, if you ask me right now, and if you ask me, I'll tell you right now so you don't even have to ask me. If you ask me after, you say, Well, well what chapter is God writing in your story? I'd say, Man, this is an awesome one. And I, I've been through these, and, and I can remember, like, you know, when he's met me in the times of difficulty, I'm, I'm kind of in a blessing chapter right now. And so, Jody and I, as parents and as our family, We're we're, we're sensing God's blessing and spiritual heritage. You say, well, what's going on? Well, my daughter Erin, our daughter Erin, she gave birth to her uh, baby girl, and so we're just excited. We got a picture of her. We'll put her up on the screen. And so her name is Valerie Rose, and so Valerie was born, catch this, on Good Friday, and so right before I came over here and I'm sitting over here and I got the text right before I got in and, and oh, Aaron's going into labor and her and her husband, Steve, they're in Pennsylvania. And so, you know, um, I told Jody and, and then Jody's like, you know, after the Good Friday service, like, I haven't seen her since. I don't know where she is. She, she took off to Pennsylvania, you know. No, but seriously, so she took a flight out and and so she's out there, and then um, and then I wound up after Easter. Um, I, there's a picture you could see of us that that then I went out there and you know got to hold this little one, and it's just it's just amazing. I mean it's just truly truly amazing. And so um, so we left there on Monday. We had a little marriage thing in in um, Columbus that we did, and then I came here, and and then um, Jody. I think she, she she told me today. She's like, well, I found a new church in Pennsylvania too. <laughs> And I'm just like, okay, what, what is happening here? So I, 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 I'm not sure if she's living here anymore or not. But, but uh, no, seriously, we're so excited. And it's so, you know, for those who are, um, those of you who are grandparents, um, it, it's, a, it's a really cool experience. And so, so I just would ask one thing as, you know, I'm sharing my story with you that, that you know, um, people are asking what do you want to be called? And I just, you know, I just want to say this. If it starts with a G and it ends with an A, or an S. I don't want to be called that. And so just call me Ron if you could. That would be great. You can call me pastor. Um, If you want to be respectful, you could even say sir. But I'm I'm having a little trouble with those other things right now. And so don't call me anything that makes me feel too old, please. I promise when I have the second grandchild, I'll think differently. But in all seriousness, um, it's a huge blessing. And so, um, so what story are you in? What, what chapter is God writing in your resurrection story? Let, let's have boldness and, and let's share it with each other. Let's encourage each other, let's strengthen each other. Stand to your feet, let's worship him. As you stand, put your Bibles away, put your things together. We're, we have an opportunity to, to worship him in spirit and truth. And so let's take advantage of this opportunity as the worship team leads us. And just bow your heads with me, Father. You are continuing to write Write new chapters in each of our stories, and I pray you'd give us boldness. The scripture says the righteous are as bold as of a lion, that we would share our stories for your glory, that our tests would become testimonies for you, that, Lord, you're writing these stories, not for us, but but that we can be an encouragement to others. Thank you for this unbelievable passage of scripture and the revelation of your son. And God, as you've revealed yourself to us, may may we each grow in our ability to reveal you to others. And Father, I pray now as we focus our attention on the resurrection of Christ and what that means, that we would be refreshed, that we would be thankful, that we would have an attitude of gratitude, and that we would just... We would just be reminded of your goodness and your grace as you continue to write your story on our hearts. If you agree with that prayer, say amen. amen. Let's worship him. Let's do that now.